Welcome everybody to the Clifton's Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Grooms. Before we get on with tonight's episode, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors who have come on board here for the last couple of weeks. I want to give a shout out to the team at Tolly and Associates, also Nikki Grom and Barnes Roofing, Dave and Jen Schobrel, Robin Stacy Astuter. Also want to give a shout out to Patrick Lyle and the team there at American Family. Also want to give a shout out to um, Little Caesars of St. Joseph and our brand new sponsor, Adam's Bar and Grill. Thank you guys so much for your contribution. Thank you guys so much for your support of the podcast. Now on to tonight's episode. And welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Groups. Tonight it is Thursday night, October the 13th, 2022. It is another edition of the Post-it Notes. Want to give a shout out again to all of our sponsors as we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Also want to give another shout out to the Hi-Ho Bar and Grill who just came on board for a sponsorship earlier this week. Congratulations, guys, and welcome to the team. Let's go ahead. Let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and let's run down some high school scores from tonight in volleyball tonight. Central was able to send their seniors out on senior night with a 3-0 win over Oak Park. It is the last time those Indian seniors will be playing in the Coliseum in those in their careers. Indians won set one 25-12. Set two was also won by the Indians, 25 to 18, and then they were able to wrap up the game in the third set, winning 25 to 29 was the final score. And that one, Benton was able to sweep their North Sound or North Side rivals Lafayette three to nothing after the Irish took the Cardinals to five sets back on the South Side a little bit more than a week ago. LeBlanc with a three nothing sweep over Cameron. Congratulations to them. Saint Joe Christian with a three games to nothing sweep. Over Northland Christian, three to nothing. Also, congratulations to uh, Danica Wattenberger for her 2,000th career assist tonight. Congratulations, Danica, on that honor. In Class Three, District Eight softball, number three seeded Savannah knocks off Bitten six to four. They will advance to meet Chillicothe, who beat Richmond nine to three earlier in the night. That game will take place on Saturday at 11 a.m. at Heritage Park. Class 2, District 7, Mid-Buck ends Bishop LeBlanc's season with an 8-2 win. Also, North Platte defeated Plattsburgh 11-4. Those two teams will meet Saturday at noon in Plattsburgh for the Class 2, District 7 championship. In soccer, LeBlanc boys defeated Lafayette 5-1. In football, number 3 ranked Albany in the 8-man football world. The Warriors defeat King City 46-12 was the final score there. That is all of our scores. Let's go ahead and let's move on now to the Week 8 High School Football pregame show. We're going to run down just the schedule here of all the high school football games. It is a stacked slate here in Week 8 in the city. Central is on the road. They are 4-3 and three on the season. They take on 6-1 and one Oak Park. Northland are ranked number 7 in Class 5. Indians are coming off a 53-47 win. Over Excelsior Springs, they snapped their two-game losing streak. We had an opportunity earlier this week to talk to the head man of the Indians, Reggie Trotter, about that game against Excelsior Springs and a look ahead to this Friday's game at Oak Park. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are still previewing the big Week 8 football slate here in high school football in Northwest Missouri. We got the head coach of the Central Indians back with us, Coach Reggie Trotter. Coach, um, how are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Just uh, taking in a little uh, 
uh, a little volleyball tonight and hanging out. Absolutely. I think we're both taking it in a little bit, but um, let's talk about some football real quick. Um, last week, week seven, very, very high scoring affair with Excelsior Springs. It was homecoming. Uh, 53 to 47 was the final score. Got you guys back. Um, guys are up. Guys are four and three on the season so far, coach. Um, just your thoughts on the game. You know, it uh, showed a lot of grit from our kids to be able to come back. We were actually down, I believe, nine points in the second half, and we're able to come back and, and build a 14-point uh, lead, uh, which we quickly turned into a, a six-point lead to get us the dub. But um, our kids played well, and, and you know, offensively, we, we were really hard to handle. You know, our, our guys moved around the ball and, and ran the ball and threw the ball really well. Coach, I want to kind of expand on this grid a little bit. I mean, you know, maybe this is a football game this team maybe wouldn't have won a year or two ago. But, you know, a lot, a lot of seasoned guys on this team, a lot of guys that seen a lot of playing time. Just talk about, you know, the grit and just the experience that these kids have got over the last couple of years in these situations. Well, you know, we, we've never stopped. You know, we've never stopped fighting since the day I got here. I've been really proud of these kids that even when uh, some of our worst times and some of our not as good teams – uh, they never stop fighting, and, and that's something that uh, we'll hang our hat on till the day we leave here uh, with all these kids. But uh, So being able to fight and really get after people and, and work our hardest all the way until the end of the game is something that I'm really proud of these guys about. You know, and I, I know I we we try not to talk about individual accomplishments here, but I tell you what, we got to talk about Gabe Fields the other night. Um, six touchdowns, uh, maybe on Twitter we thought it was seven, but um, you know it had to be close to some kind of a record for him on Friday night. Just another outstanding performance from him for another outstanding season. Just your thoughts? Yeah, you know what, he's playing great. He really is. He's a really great kid, and he's playing he's playing really good football for us right now. He. Uh, he was about 20 yards short of the uh, single-game rushing record. Uh, so, you know, that's, those are hard to come by when you get a big number like that and still come 20 yards short. Uh, and, and he's one touchdown short of, the, uh, of actually tying the single-game record uh, for a total touchdown. So uh, he had a great game, and he really did. And, and those guys did a great job blocking for him up front, as well as the receivers down the football field. Those big runs don't happen without guys taking care of business down the field. Well, you know, that, that win against Excelsior Springs, that also earned you earlier this week the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, Missouri Coach of the Week for your guys' performance um, this past Friday. Uh, Coach, just uh, your thoughts on um, just receiving a high honor. You know, it, was, it, means, it means a lot for our staff as a whole. You know, our, our team has played really well uh, a lot at times this year, but our staff has really done a good job, and it's the first time I've had my same staff from one year to the next. So I'm really proud of those guys, and that's a – that's definitely a, a team and, and staff award as well as just my name on it. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. Definitely staff, uh, yourself, players, everybody contributed to that. But uh, let's look ahead to this week. Uh, you know, uh, we talked about the week eight slate here earlier here on the pregame show. But, um, you know, you guys have a big one this week on the road at Oak Park. Um, Oak Park's playing very, very well this season. They're, they're state ranked. I believe they're seventh in the state in class five. And just uh, what you just your thoughts on what you've seen on film and keys to walking out of um, Northtown with a victory? Uh, you know, coming out of there with a victory is going to be, you know, we're going to earn it because we're going to be really, really sore after that football game, whether we win or lose, because they're very, very physical. Uh, and every Oak Park team I've ever seen is always extremely physical. And that's something we're going to have to match their physicality and hopefully uh, put the ball in the end zone more than they do. Well, Coach, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. I uh, always thank you for everything you've given over the last couple of years. It's always a pleasure to talk co um, Central Indian football with you, and um, good luck to you and the boys on Friday night against Hoke Park. Sounds great. Thanks very much for having me, man. Good to see you.
That is a huge matchup there for the Central Indians. Indians on the road at Oak Park. Other games in the city, including uh, Cameron, is at Benton. Benton is looking to break a three-game losing streak. They look to snap that skid while Cameron is coming off a 50-6 win over Lafayette last week. Dragons look to win two in a row for the first time this season. Lafayette will be still looking for their first win of the season. They are on the road at St. Pius. St. Pius was able to get a win over Benton last week after dropping the last two to Chillicothe and to St. James Academy in Kansas. Other game in the MEC includes Maryville at 4-3 on the season. They are on the road at Savannah for the Highway 71 showdown. Savannah is ranked number 7th in Class 3, while Maryville goes into the rankings at number 8. Spoofhounds are looking for their 11th straight win in the series. The Spoofhounds have never lost the Highway 71 showdown under current head coach Matt Webb. And we had an opportunity to catch up with the head coach of the Spoofhounds before this Friday night's game at Savannah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Cliff Dust Podcast. We are getting set for a huge week eight football slate. We have the head coach of the Maryville Spoofhounds with us, Coach Matt Webb. Coach, how are you? Doing well, Clifton. How are you today? I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm ready for this week. Um, but before we can talk about the big matchup this week, let's talk about last week. Um, a Saturday afternoon trip to Macon to take on Lutheran North. Um, a real close game throughout. Um, unfortunately, Spoofhounds fell short. 36-29 to 29 was the final score in that one. Coach, just uh, walk us through your thoughts on the game. Well, it was a heck of a football game. Um, you know, it was a beautiful afternoon to play on a Saturday. Uh, we had to play on a Saturday due to the official shortage. So we couldn't play on Friday night. Um, so we uh, had a beautiful facility. Macon did an awesome job of hosting the event. Um, you know, Luther North, like we talked about last week, is a super talented, big and strong team out of St. Louis. Um, they've beaten some really good um, higher classification teams throughout the year. And I really felt our kids, you know, we, we felt like all game that we matched. We matched up really well. Our kids played extremely hard. It was a playoff environment on a Saturday afternoon. Halftime is 14-14. Uh, I felt like our defense, you know, really did a good job. They, we, you know, we only allowed one touchdown the first half. The other was a kickoff return, which those continue to come back to haunt us um, throughout the season and they do a better job on special teams. Um, but uh, to go in 14-14 a half, and then we got the ball in the second half, went right down the field and scored. You know, we did the things that we needed to do from process football as far as, you know, they, they won the opening toss, you know, we, we stopped them. Um, we went up first, you know, the third quarter, our offense got the ball first when we went down and scored. It was a back and forth football game. Their kicker got hurt. So it turned into some, some two point play decisions um, on both sides of the ball. We executed those offensively very well. Um, and then, you know, at the, in the end, you know, it's like I said, it's too close, too close teams. It was 30 to 29. Um, our, our defense got a stop. Um, our offense drove the field, um, set us up for about a 20-yard field goal that our kicker had made in practice the night before from the right hash. Felt like it was the right decision with five seconds left, about a 20, 27-yard field goal, and they blocked it and uh, ran it back for a touchdown uh, to make the final score 36-29. to 29. And then they, uh, they felt like they needed an untimed down for some reason, so um, they stormed the field. We had to get our everybody off the field and go out, and we stopped them on the two-point conversion. So definitely a heartbreak loss, but, um, you know, against good talent, um, 
as a good football team, and I thought our kids competed really well. Definitely, absolutely. And you guys are still in really good shape in the Midland Empire Conference, and which brings us to this week. Um, another edition of the Highway 71 Showdown, uh, Maryville and Savannah. Um, both teams are are doing real well right now. Um, Coach, just um, give us your thoughts on the 2022 edition of the Highway 71 Showdown. Well, it's a rivalry, and um, you would play for a highway sign. Um, it's not a, it's not a glamorous trophy. It's not a cup. It's not made out of gold. It's not made out of a lot of flash, a lot of trim. Um, it's a highway sign. It was taken down and and um, started this rivalry a long time ago. And um, I, you know, I appreciate you saying about both teams playing well. You know, Savannah's undefeated, and they they are an excellent football team. Uh, we're four and three. Uh, we've got one loss in the MEC. Um, and Savannah has no losses. So. Um, the, the importance of this game is, is, is huge. It's, you know, these kids play against each other. They know each other. Um, it'd be a great matchup. Um, I guarantee, um, the fans will be packed. The stands will be packed. It's going to be a great, great Friday night for football. And, um, if you're looking for a great game, come down and come down and watch it. Cause it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. Absolutely. Definitely looking forward to uh, that one coach. Uh, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for everything over the past several years for the podcast. And uh, good luck to you and your boys this Friday against Savannah. Thank you, Clifton. Have a good week. A huge shout-out to Maryville head coach Matt Webb for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Coach, for everything over the last couple of years. Good luck to you and your boys this Friday night. Also, Savannah, they are looking for their first win in the series since 2011. Coach Hayes, he's got this program rolling in his first year at the head of the Savages at 7-0, including a big win over East Buchanan and is undefeated so far in the conference. I know the Savages will be looking to bring home the Highway 71 trophy, the sign, and we had an opportunity to talk to the head coach of the Savannah Savages, Anthony Hayes, earlier this week. And welcome, everybody, to the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are here discussing week eight of the high school football season in the stacked week that is to come. We got a huge matchup. The Highway 71 showdown is upon us as Maryville takes on Savannah. We are here with the other side of the sideline, Savage Coach Anthony Hayes. Coach, welcome back. Yeah, thank you for having me. Always, always a pleasure to have you on, Coach. Thank you for everything so far this year. Um, Coach, before we talk about the big game this week, let's talk about last week. Um. 21 to seven over Chillicothe, a tough place to um, go win a game on the road. Um, coach, just um, your thoughts on the game. Yeah. You know, it was, um, it was a tough opponent. Chillicothe is, is a good team and um, well coached senior heavy. Uh, we knew that they would be big and physical and, and we wanted to match that, that physicality. And we jumped out to a 14, nothing lead. Um, really felt like we had a really good control of the game in the first half um, missed out on some points with the we had a big run right before half. Missed out on some points uh, with the penalty, but we got the ball to start the second half and had a really nice drive where we drove it all the way down into their red zone, deep into their territory. Looked like we were going to finally get that three score lead, get a little bit more comfortable, um, and and we turned it over in the red zone. They went and marched, took up the whole third quarter into the start of the fourth quarter, cut it down to a fourteen seven game, and kind of a fourteen point swing there where. It looked like we were going to get uh, a 21-0 lead and said it's 14-7, and we were in a dogfight to the end. We were able to get a big stop 
uh, halfway through the fourth quarter. And then we, we kind of ran the clock out and punched one in at the end of the fourth quarter to, to, to seal the win. So um, it was good. We found a way to get it done and I'm proud of our kids for that. Coach, I put you at seven and O on the season. Uh, before we talk about the X's and O's for this game, this week, it's the Highway 71 showdown. Maryville is at Savannah this Friday night. Um, Just talk about, you know, really uh, what the players and maybe some of the alumni and some of the parents have told you about this rivalry since you're getting your first taste of it. Yeah, um, you know, it. I, I know we trade a highway sign. I know that. And I know it hasn't been in our possession in a, in a, in a long time, um, you know, so uh, they're a good team. I'm a fan of of high school football, and so they're always in the mix as far as um, top ten in the state, competing for for state titles. And so I know they're a very quality opponent, and and uh, it's fun. I love rivalries. Uh, it's nice to have a rival just just up the road with the with the traveling trophy, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get that thing back in Savannah for the first time in a while. Let's talk about the um, let's talk about the scouting report of what you've seen on film. Obviously, you know this team's four and three right now. But like you said, you know you look at you could look at the record, you could throw the record aside. This team's always in the mix every yeah. single year around this time. So, uh, just talk about what you've seen on film offensively and defensively from the Spoofhounds. Yeah, they're four and three, but I think you could toss that record right out the window. I mean, their three losses are to teams that are going to compete for state titles. Um, Blair Oaks is the number one team in class two, Luther North and, and St. Pius, I think are both in the top five and in, in class three. And so those are, those are, they're, they're battle tested. You know, they, they, they haven't just faced a, a, a one good team. They faced three top five teams in the state. So, uh, I don't think their record matters. They're, they're, they're well coached. They got a very dynamic offense with a dual threat quarterback, um, and then defensively, um, they line up uh, correctly. You know, part of defense is just getting lined up. It's not like you, you know, we like to formation people a lot, and um, they're going to line up correctly, and you're going to have to block things right. Uh, they're going to play aggressive. They're going to tackle well. Um, they're just a very disciplined football team, and so it's it's not going to be how can we out-scheme them or out-trick out them. We're going to have to line up and just play football and do it in a fundamentally sound way. Well, Coach, definitely. Um, how how exciting is it? Also, you know, I mean, you don't want to look too far ahead, but um, you know, a win in this game could get you guys a conference champ, uh, at least a share of a conference championship. Something you, that Savannah hasn't had in a while. Just um, talk about you know, um, just everything that's on the line with this game. Well, it's it's uh, getting the point where we're in in mid October. And we're still in the conversation to be conference champs. I love that. I want to be relevant. I want the Savannah Savages to be relevant in the MEC every single year. Um, and the fact that there's two games left and we're the team to beat. You know, we're, we're the team that's undefeated in the league. And uh, and it's it's really our championship to lose. That's where we want to be. And, and so um, I think we'll step up to the challenge. And our kids really want that MEC title. Uh, and so we're excited that we have that opportunity. It's not going to be easy. Um, we're going to have to play really, really well. Um, but I think I think our kids are up for that challenge. Well, Coach, I'm definitely very excited for this matchup. One of the um, few stacked matchups that we have in week eight of the high school football season. Coach, um, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule this week as you're preparing for Maryville this week. And um, good luck to you and the boys on Friday. 
Hey, thank you, Cliff. I appreciate you having me. That's going to be a, definitely a huge matchup there. Maryville at Savannah this Friday night in Savannah. Let's talk about some games of the KCI. Let's start off with the big one. Here's Class 1, number 2, East Buchanan, hosting Class 1, number 3, Mid Buchanan. Dragons have won the last three straight regular season matchups in six out of the last eight matchups overall. But I think the only loss, the only game that the Dragons are thinking about in that series was the one in the district semifinals last season, which ended up springing the Bulldogs to the Class 1 state championship. Other than a challenge by North Flat, Dragons have been pretty stout defensively in KCI play. They've been pretty much dominant in almost all of their KCI games. North Flat had a lead on mid-buck in the second quarter, but the Dragons found a way to respond. We talked about that a little bit in our interview earlier this week with Mid Buchanan head coach Aaron Fritz. He talked about his matchup last week against Hamilton and a look ahead to the big matchup this Friday in Gower. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes podcast. We are getting ready for a huge week eight football, high school football slate here in Northwest Missouri. And you know, it's about that time. It's the Battle of the Bucks. It's Mid-Buck and East-Buck. We got Dragon head coach Aaron Fritz with us. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How you been? I've been good, man. It's been a little while since we talked, but... um. Coach, I don't remember the last time we talked. Um, we were in a we were a non-conference play, but uh, coach, overall, um, you guys have been pretty impressive in conference play. So, um, coach, just talked about just talk about the transition from non-conference play where you had a few close games there. Now, kind of a non-conference play, you guys have been kind of um, you know, really um, really putting your foot down. Yeah, you know, uh, week one, we, we got after Princeton early and we, we were able to put all the young kids in and um, score got a little closer than it probably needed to be, but that was good for our young kids to get to play. And then week two, we played Holden, and that's a really good football team, man. And looking back at it now, I mean, that's a really good win for our football program, so I was very proud of that. And then we started out conference play really hot. Um, we had good wins over West Platte and Lawson. I mean, Lawson's a really good football team, and we, we played really well that week, and um, then after that, we've played uh, Lathrop, North Platte, and Hamilton, and, and it's progressively gotten tougher each week because the farther you get into conference play, um, the more teams know about each other. And, and when you already know a lot from over the years and the similar coaches and things like that, it just gets that much tougher, and that's what makes conference play so awesome. So um, I'm very proud of our kids. 7-0 um, and is tough to do. Um, we're playing hard. I thought we really got back to being ourselves last week against Hamilton, and and that's good because we're about to play a, a hell of a football team this week, man. Well, let's talk about those couple games here real quick. And I think the North Platte game really sticks out to me. North Platte um, had a lead on you guys for a little bit, but um, really to come back in that game and respond the way that you did. How how big is that for, you know, a roster, your guys' roster, who's younger than it has been in the past several years? Oh, I mean, just – Anything competitive is important because you learn from – you can learn from about any situation if you're willing to get better. And I felt like in that situation, um, we didn't panic. We didn't try to overdo it. If anything, I felt like coaches um, probably were more getting after themselves um, to make sure we were better so the kids were going to do a little bit better because we just didn't play well that night. And 
Um, defensively, we didn't do a lot of very good things. And um, it was the first time we've had to make a bunch of adjustments in a while. So it was a good learning experience from everybody, kids and coaches. And whether you're down or up, you still got to take those moments when you can learn something and make sure you do from it. And I, I definitely thought we did. We didn't panic. We just kept playing and, and ended up pulling away there in the second half. And absolutely. That sets the stage for this week. And coach, you know, how many times over the years have we talked about this rivalry, this game? Um, you know, both teams are going to be in the top three in the state heading into Friday. Um, it's mid-buck. It's East Buck. I mean, you know, we've been together for mul multiple times during these games. So, um, Coach, just um, overall, your thoughts on the rivalry and just um, your thoughts on the scouting report for the 2022 version of the East Buchanan Bulldogs. Well, I mean, to start off, man, our schools are so close in proximity that um, that's a natural rivalry right there. Um, we Our kids see their kids in school stuff. Um, I mean, everything we do, we play each other multiple times a year in other sports as well. So there's just that natural rivalry because we're so close in proximity. And, man, this year they are really, really good. I mean, just like they have been. They're super talented. They're bigger than everybody. They're more athletic than everybody. And, and the, the, their coaches do a nice job too. So it's just a really bad recipe for the rest of us who have to play them and a really good recipe for their program to keep getting better. So, um, man – they play hard. They play fast. They have weapons all over the field. Um, defensively, they don't give up much to anybody. And offensively, they're able to score 60-plus if they want to. It's more of a matter of how fast do they want to beat you in a lot of games. And so um, we're going to have to do our best to make sure we um, play our game. We try to do things the way we want to at our tempo. And we got to make sure we play as hard as we can. Um, when you play a great team like East Buchanan is, you're going to have plays that aren't your best. And we're going to have to learn how to flush it, not let it snowball into worse plays, and, and find a way to bounce back. So that's going to be a huge key for us this week is can we bounce back when something negative happens? And I really hope our kids are ready for that challenge. Well, Coach, I'm definitely looking forward to the game. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing you. I haven't seen you in a while. So it's been almost a year since I've seen you in person. So um, I'm excited to get out and see you guys. I'm excited to see the rivalry game. You know, anytime Midbuck and East Bucks on the calendar, you know, I got to be there for that. So, uh, Coach, uh, thank you so much uh, during the week to take time and talk to me during this week. And uh, we'll see you on the field on Friday. Cliff, it was good talking to you, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing you. It's going to be fun. It's definitely a pleasure to have Coach Fritz back on the podcast. He'll definitely be looking for a huge win this Friday night. On the other side for East Buchanan, other than a loss to Savannah in week two, the Bulldogs have been pretty much dominant all season long. I know Savannah, you know, you know, Savannah is a school that is two classes up. But ever since that game, Bulldogs have been very dominant and very stout. They've put up a lot of points on the board. They have been holding down at least a number two ranking in the class all season long. We had an opportunity to talk with the head man, of the Bulldogs, Dan Ritter, before this huge matchup this Friday night against Mid-Buck. And we're here on the Cliff Dust Podcast. We're previewing the big top three matchup in Class 1 this Friday night in Gower as number three Mid-Buck visits number two East Buck. We are here with Bulldog head coach Dan Ritter. Coach, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Oh. 
Oh, absolutely a pleasure. You know, um, I love talking with you, Coach. I'm one of my favorite coaches to um, talk to. So, um, Coach, before we talk about the big one this week, let's talk about last week. Um, a road trip to Plattsburgh, um, 62-6 to was the score there against the Tigers. I know I had the chance to see you guys a couple weeks ago against West Platte, but um, took care of business uh, kind of early against Plattsburgh. So, um, Coach, just, uh, just give us your thoughts on the game. Oh, yeah, we didn't start off all that great because, uh, I mean, we gave up a big pass play and it got all the way down to the 10-yard line. But we bounced right back and had a pick six, and, and then uh, things kind of rolled from there. But uh, we did have a little scare early, so we know Mid Buchanan definitely comes out of the gate early. At least they have, and historically the past two years, they, they do a good job of getting up in the score early. So uh, we, we certainly got to learn from – last Friday and, uh, and use that uh, as motivation this week. we got to start early and, and do well. Well, Coach, I know we've had some new listeners on the podcast over the last couple of months, but um, I kind of want to dig – I want to kind of dive into the rivalry a little bit. I mean, you know, ever since I started doing the podcast, your, your first year here at East Buck, um, you know, this has been one of the, the top matchups every single week that this matchup has been every single year. Mid-Buck and East Buck, you know, not very far separates these two schools. These kids know each other. These kids, these kids compete against each other. So, um, Coach, just uh, give us your thoughts on what this rivalry means to you and these kids. Well, until we can show otherwise, you, you got to just hype up Mid Buchanan. I mean, that since I've been at East Buchanan, they're one and three uh, against us. So, like, I mean, we're one and three against them. They uh, they have been uh, beating us pretty good in football, and they even beat us last year uh, before our, our big state run. So this team knows how to win, and uh, and until we prove otherwise, uh, we they're they're the top dog. We're the underdog still. So uh, we know that they're ranked third for a reason. They're undefeated. We're not undefeated. We had a tough game against Savannah. So so uh, I mean they people should be giving them praise. We know we know that they're really good, but uh, we we'd really like to show uh, otherwise on Friday. So. I kind of diving into the X's and O's a little bit. I mean, you know, Mid Buckos is a team that, um, you know, had some close games in the first couple of weeks of the season, then started to kind of pick it back up in KCI play. I think maybe just maybe with the exception of a um, a tough challenge from North Platte a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mid Buck really uh, has been pretty has been pretty dang um, solid in conference play. So, um, Coach, just um, give us your thoughts on the scouting report on the Dragons. Yeah, I think two two weeks in particular kind of stand out as far as mid-buck schedule goes. They played Holden early in the season. Pretty sure Holden either beat or was within a touchdown of Richmond, and, and mid-Buchanan handled them pretty good in week two or three. And then they come out and they play Lawson. Lawson's 5-2, and two and they 35-0 them. They, they skunked them. So mid-Buchanan's a really good football team. We are well aware of that. They're they're the same as always on defense, running around and uh, getting 11 people to the football. And on offense, they're they're doing their same schemes as before, but with just different personnel and getting the job done. So, I, I mean, um, a lot of praise to them. We'd like to show otherwise, but, uh, but man, that's a tall order. We're just excited for the challenge, and, and we're also happy that we're home in Gower. We get a little different feel of a ball game when we're at home, so. 
And absolutely, you know, I had the opportunity to go to Gower a couple of weeks ago. I tell you what, that that fan base is absolutely incredible. That that community is incredible. Um, you know, definitely the, the that community shows me a lot of love on the podcast. I appreciate uh, you and the boys so much for showing me love, and uh, I look forward to being in the house this Friday night for Mid Buck and East Buck. So, Coach, um, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. Looking forward to seeing you and the boys on Friday. Yeah, well, those East Bucks fans give you a lot of praise because you do cool things and make cool podcasts. So keep doing that, brother. Good job. I appreciate that. We'll see you on Friday night, Coach. Yes, sir. A huge thank you to Bulldog head coach Dan Ritter for joining the podcast. You can watch that game on the Mid Buchanan Dragon Sports Network on YouTube if you want to be able to watch this game if you're not able to make it. The game will also be on 100.1 Regional Radio Quick. On the radio, you can listen to that on 100.1 or on NorthwestMoInfo.com. And the sports director from Regional Radio KKWK, Chris Ward, had an opportunity to talk with me this week. He gives his full breakdown on the Battle of the Buchanans this Friday night. I think uh, a lot of people kind of overlooked this team when you look at the last, what, two, three graduating classes that have left so many big names have graduated from there. And somehow this, these guys, Coach Fritz and Coach Rump and company, they just continue to put together a really good product. And I think a part of it's just the fact they've got these kids believing in what they can do and you know, success is uh, is contagious, as the old saying is, and that started to trickle down when you start having those high school successes. Then the junior high gets better. Well, then the little kids get better. It, it just kind of gets contagious, and that's what we're seeing the, the benefits of right now. Um, I I don't know how they've continued to do what they've done this year to get to seven and zero in the way they've done it. I know, as you mentioned, the North Platte game was a little scary there in the first half. Coach Fritz wasn't necessarily overly happy with how they played in that game. Uh, came back last week with a really good win. I know it just says twenty one to eight, but uh, Hamilton's a, a team that's gotten healthy now, and they've kind of those young skill players have figured some things out now. Uh, that is a much better team than that one and six record indicates. So, uh, Coach Fritz pretty happy with the win they got last week against Hamilton, twenty-one to eight. It was kind of a toughness challenge for his kids, and I think that was a good thing as they're getting ready for this game. Because when you start looking at, at, at Mid Buchanan, uh, one thing they're lacking is size. Their offensive line guys are not very big. In fact, you got a couple guys at one fifty-five, one sixty-five. They've only got one kid over two hundred pounds on, on the front line. So that's going to be a big question uh, in this game on Friday. Is because East Buchanan's huge up front. Uh, obviously, you start talking about Ethan Bailey's, but then you start getting into the, the Chase Mears, and there's just uh, they've got a number of kids. Even some of their youth is huge. they got a bunch of guys over 200 pounds, 250, etc., uh, even into the sophomore class and such. So this is a really good and big group they're going to be facing. So I think... Uh, Getting that toughness challenge last week from Hamilton is something that's good for them coming into this ball game. We'll see how they do. Obviously, they've ran the ball for almost 2,000 yards coming into this ball game, uh, seven games into the season. So they're doing something right. Uh, they're athletic. They're quick. Uh, they use that to their advantage, and that they're they're really going to have to use that tonight if if they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. And this is basically the same team we saw a year ago, just more experienced, more confident, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just keep throwing adjectives towards it because it's it's pretty impressive to watch. Uh, you mentioned that Savannah game, week two, MEC opponent. It, two classes above them, so uh, really that washes out. They got enough bonus points of playing two classes up that uh, that doesn't really hurt them in that loss at all. Um, obviously, in that experience to go up and play a team like, especially now that we know really what Savannah is, um, to go up there and play a team like that, that is nothing but good for them. And I wasn't there that night. I was uh, at Gallatin and Hamilton in week two, uh, but from every report I've heard from both sides, people that are Savannah fans, people that are East Buck fans, uh, you change about five minutes of that football game at the beginning when there was a couple 
couple turnovers, etc. From that point on, East Buck, by reports, outplayed Savannah. So, I mean, again, I didn't see it, but that's the reports I was hearing, that it was that first five minutes or so with a couple of mistakes that East Buck made that really kind of put Savannah in front and kind of got them going. Um I, uh, that loss really doesn't bother me at all. I think that's a, if there's ever a good loss, that's it. And uh, they've really impressed me all season long. Obviously, Trevor Klein is a, an all-world kind of running back. That kid's going to have his choice of where he wants to play on Saturdays or uh, run track or whatever it is he's going to decide to do uh, at the next level. He's going to get to pick where he wants to go. So we all know him. Uh, obviously, it's the guys up front that kind of make those run games going again. I, I talked about it just a moment ago. They are huge, uh, and they and they're, they just kind of overpower people, but they're athletic too. And uh, we say that a lot of times our group of friends are watching you know wrestling or, or pro football or something big guys that are that big shouldn't move that fast as well East Bucks got both of those things they've got a lot of big dudes uh, up front but they move really well uh, they got a little nasty streak to them in there which I love anytime you're talking about offense defensive linemen I love that nastiness that East Buck has uh, down in the trenches that's uh, kind of it's kind of a fight down in there the way it should be um, maybe what is most impressive though about East Buchanan is the way they've been able to spread the ball out to the, the in the passing game as well you got a kid like Trevor Klein, the, the tendency is just to feed it to him, feed it to him, feed it to him. It's high school football. You're gonna get he's not gonna break. Give him a thousand carries. Uh they've got done a good job with a sophomore quarterback of kind of bringing this thing along and, and making sure they've got those athletes on the outside uh being taken care of as well. Adam Ignis has four touchdowns. Uh the white kids got four touchdowns. Klein's got a couple through the air. The the Hensley kids got three. I mean, you're spreading the ball out that much and you're throwing the ball as much as they are. They've thrown for almost twelve hundred yards and you're talking about a running back like Trevor Klein on the team. That's pretty impressive to me. That's going to be very difficult for Mid Buchanan to handle. A, you got to be able to kind of uh, either uh, penetrate to stop the run and or uh, penetrate to get some pass rush against a really good line. But then you got to deal with a guy like Trevor Klein in the run game and then the athletes that they've got on the outside and their ability to spread it around. Uh, obviously a very stiff uh, challenge in front of the Mid Buchanan defense tonight. Thank you so much, Chris Ward, for our conversation this week. Looking forward to seeing you this Friday night. In Gallup. In the Grand River Conference, we have a huge game, possibly the biggest game in the Grand River Conference in a very, very long time. As 7 0 Gallatin visits 7 0 Triton. Gallatin enters the game number five in class one, while Triton broke into the rankings at number 10 in class two. We had an opportunity this week to talk to um, the Grand River Conference's Jeremy Benson, and he gave his full breakdown on this game including some statistics, some very interesting statistics about maybe this is the biggest game in Grand River Conference history for the first time in like 40-some years. Uh, this one, I, I, I have chills when I think about this game. I, I asked some people on Facebook this week, this is the biggest GRC game since, and I got a lot of answers. Uh, some people gave me some answers of big games. Uh, they, you know, we talked about Maysville Trenton the, the, when the GRC expanded and we went to 11-man, 8-man. And that year, Maysville Trenton were both undefeated in conference, but both of them lost early non-conference games. Yeah, I'm not saying it was not a big game because it was a big game. And I got examples of other big games, but a lot of them, when I went back and looked, the teams had one or loss or two losses, and they were for conference championships. They were big games in the GRC. But when I talk about this is the biggest game since i looked at it and i thought okay here's the criteria for big games both teams are unbeaten both teams really are going to an undefeated season and um and so when i looked at the 
big games. There were two games early back in 2003 and 2010 that were in weeks four and five. And, and those were, uh, for, for, for those seasons, uh, Princeton and South Harrison played in week five and Princeton beat South Harrison 21-12 and Hamilton beat Princeton 47-24. And that was in week four. Both those games, uh, that decided the conference, uh, but they, they weren't late in the season like we're getting now. If we want to go back to big games this late in the season where both teams were undefeated and had this much on the line in the GRC, you have to go all the way back to 1977 is the last time this has happened in the GRC. And in that game, you had King City, which was uh, ranked number four in, in Class 1A, and Princeton ranked number two in Class 1A. That was week nine. And it was a game where, at that time, they knew the winner of that game would make it to the playoffs. The loser of that game was out. And uh, King City upset Princeton 8-6. to six. Four years before that, uh, number two Princeton and number three Albany were both 7-0. and So that was week eight, which is the same week we're in this week. Uh, they played, and Princeton beat Albany 20-14. to we could not find, I, I asked some other people, those are the only two games I could find in the GRC in the last 50 years where we've had this late in the season, two unbeaten teams playing each other week eight or later in the GRC 11 man. This is truly one of the biggest games we have had in the GRC. And I'm getting chills right now talking about this. It is going to be an exciting game. I've already seen people talking about from Trenton and Gallatin, talking about getting there early, making sure you have parking, talking about uh, this, it's going to be a, a huge game. Th those games, I, I read about articles from those that they had two to 3,000 people at those games. I would not be surprised if we had upwards of 2,000 people at this game. It is going to be a big game. And and I'm I'm I will not miss this game. It's going to be an exciting game, and I'm excited about going to it. Uh, so that's just the hype from this game. I haven't even talked about some of the players from this game, but that's just the hype from this game. Can't tell me this this is this is one of the most exciting things to happen in in the GRC in a while uh, in eleven man football. Um, so we'll go on Trenton. Trenton's defense is just they're, they're one of the best defenses I've seen. Um, but you know you can't when you talk about uh, Trenton. You've got to start with Sam Gibson and Gabe Novak. Sam Gibson and Gabe Novak are, are both uh, – they're running backs. They're both 100-yard rushers, averaging over 100 yards this year. And they're just a one-two combination. Uh, Coleman Griffin is their quarterback. Uh, he, he leads the team, but uh, he's, he's a guy who – uh, you know, it, it can can run the offense. He can pass when needed, but he definitely relies on those two running backs. And and those two also they lead the defense. Uh, Sam Gibson might be the best linebacker in the GRC on the 11 man side. And Gabe Novak is a great cornerback. And, and those two just lead that defense. Gibson, you know, it, he it's very hard to run. When I saw Trent, uh, Trenton play earlier this year he basically filled almost every gap and anybody tried to run the ball on them. It was very hard to, uh, to uh, find a gap to, to run in because Gibson was just filling up every single gap. He's one of the best linebackers I've seen. And, and so Trenton is, is they are, they really don't have any weaknesses. They, unless they beat themselves through, through turnovers. That's the only thing I can see Trenton beating themselves in this game is beating themselves through turnovers. But with that being said, Gallatin is capable of beating them because Gallatin is talented enough to beat them. Um, Gallatin, they have skills at 
every position. And it starts with uh, Peyton Baker at quarterback. Peyton Baker doesn't need to beat you through the air, but Peyton Baker can beat you through the air. Um, and he's got two talented receivers in Isaac Bird and Peyton Fiden. Um, Peyton Fiden, though, what's interesting about him is Peyton Fiden can beat you on the ground and Peyton Fiden can beat you uh, with catching the ball. And so he is a threat, whether he's in the backfield or he's a threat, whether he's running a route. And so, uh, and then if, you know, if, if you cover up Fiden, then Isaac Bird will beat you deep. And so they have talent in those skill positions. And then if they, um, if they basically fill the box on, on Fiden, um, Baker can beat you on, on the ground. And also Dra Draven White Wright can feed you beat you on the ground. They've got a lot of talent at the skill positions and they've, they're a very good defense too. They haven't allowed very many uh, points this year. So, you know, it's going to be a great game. I, I just, I don't know who's going to win this game. I think it's a toss up. I, I just think both teams are very, very talented. Um, you know, the, 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 it's, it's for the GRC title. The, the winner of this will clinch a share of the GRC title. The winner of this, you know, no, no disrespect to their, their week nine opponents, but the winner of this will most likely win next week and, and win outright. Uh, you know, the expectation is that this is the GRC 11-man championship game this week. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for talking with me earlier this week. You can catch um, the Grand River Conference podcast on Spotify or anywhere you can find my podcasts at. He will have a full post-game breakdown on Friday night from this game. We will definitely be following this game also on the Cliff Notes podcast social media networks. Other games in the Grand River Conference include Maysville at Putnam County. Polo is at Milan and South Harrison at Princeton. In the eight-man football world, Bishop LeBlanc is off on Friday night. They will be traveling about three hours away on a Saturday to Greenfield to play Greenfield LeBlanc at Greenfield at 1 p.m. On Saturday, big game in the uh, some, some other games in the Grand River Conference include Pattonsburg and St. Joe Christian. Huge shout out to St. Joe Christian for breaking their losing streak last week against Northwood Christian. Lions look to go for their second straight win against Pattonsburg on Friday night. Huge game in the Grand River Conference eight-man division. As, as number one ranked North Andrew in the eight-man football world, they will host Worth County. We had an opportunity to bring Jeremy back on here to the podcast. He gave his thoughts on this huge top five matchup in the Grand River Conference eight man division. So uh, on this this side, I'll start. I'll start with first just just uh, the conference race, and then I do want to talk about the district race too because that there's also a lot on the line there. So in the conference race, if North Andrew wins, they will clinch it because they have a non conference game next week. So this is their last conference game. So a win clinches it outright for North Andrew. Um, so North Andrew, um, you know, is is going into this to to win the conference. If Worth County wins it. Um, you'll have Worth County, Albany, and North Andrew all with one loss. But then Worth County and Al Albany would still need to win another game. Um, Albany would have to beat uh, King City this week, and Albany would have to beat Pattonsburg next week, and Worth County would have to beat Stanberry next week. So you still have all those games uh, that will decide the conference championship. Um, so uh, with, with the game itself, um, North Andrew, they're content on running the ball and running the ball, and they, they're content on gaining about four to five yards of play, going downfield. You know, if, if they have a 10 to 15 play drive and that's how long it takes to uh, complete their drive, they're very content on doing that. And, and they will try to wear out your defense and 
they, they'll be okay with a quick strike, although Worth County is talented enough to keep North Andrew from having a quick strike. But are they talented enough to keep North Andrew off the field and, and get them into fourth down situations? That's the question on, on the defensive side. The other side of the ball, Worth County, they like to strike and they like to strike fast. They're a good running team, but they can strike with a quick pass if needed to. Um, North, North Andrew, the question is, is their secondary good enough? They definitely have great players in the front with, with uh, Jacob Chittam and Andrew Goff. And then and Eichner is a, a really good uh, defensive player too. But, you know, what, what, are they, uh, what do they have in their secondary to defend Worth County? That's a big question mark for them. And so, you know, I, I could see this a game where Worth County probably puts together uh, – probably some short drives uh, and score on those. And then North Andrew grinds it out and the Worth County puts together some quick drives and North Andrew grinds it out. I see this as a high scoring game. Both teams have good defenses, but I think they have better offenses. And, and so that's where I see it. Uh, but like, like the other game, it's a pick em. I I don't really know who's going to win this game. Uh, it's going to be a great game. And obviously uh, follow uh, eight man foot, Missouri eight man football. If you're interested in this game, uh, because they'll be covering this game, but you'll have Devin Albertson and Anthony Crane up there uh, for this coverage. So it, it's going to be a, a great game. Uh, and so the implications on district right now, you have Albany with one loss. You have um, Worth County with one loss, one loss, and you have Platte Valley with one loss. Platte Valley's playing East Atchison. We haven't even mentioned that game. They still have East Atchison left to play next week. Um, if Platte Valley beats East Atchison, which is very possible, and Worth County beats North Andrew, which is very possible, you'll have five teams with one loss if they win their, win their other games. You could have five teams, eight and one in that district, which means there's going to be one of those five teams that are a number five seed and playing on the road their first week of district. It's absolutely crazy. I've never seen a district like this as stacked as this district is. I mean, you you probably may have the five best teams in the state, maybe five of the six. You throw Archie in there too. But five of the best six teams in the state are in this one district. And it is absolutely crazy what's in that district. So there's a lot on the line in this district. There's conference a lot on the line in this game, conference title on the line and district seedings on the line in this game. So it's a big game for both Worth County and North Andrew. Worth County, they have a bad taste in their mouth in that Albany game isn't enough to beat North Andrew. We'll see Friday night. Again, a huge thank you to Jeremy Benson for offering his thoughts on some big matchups there and the GRC. Other eight-man matchups include Stanbury at East Atchison. East um, Wolves are still undefeated on the regular season. They take on Stanbury there at, on the road at Stanbury. Stewartsville-Osbert is at Platte Valley. South Holt is at Rockport, and then Mound City at DeKalb will round out the Week 8 high school football schedule. Um, on Friday night, I will be at the huge Class 1 matchup between Midbuck and Eastbuck. We will have post-game and photos from that game later on this weekend. And also this weekend, I will be at softball on Saturday morning as Savannah will take on Chillicothe there for the Class 3 District's Class 3 District 8 Championship there at Heritage Park in St. Joseph. Want to give a shout-out to all of our sponsors once again. Want to give a shout-out to every single one of you. Without all of you, this show wouldn't be possible. All of this wouldn't be possible. Thank you all so much for all of your support. I appreciate it so much. I love every single one of you. 
Until tomorrow night, I hope you all have a great Thursday evening and a great Friday morning. And we will see you tomorrow night for another edition of the Post-It Notes.